the next stop, Sprawlcast. You're listening to Sprawlcast. I'm Jeremy Clausus, and I'm the editor-in-chief of The Sprawl. And Sprawlcast is a show made in collaboration with CJSW 90.9 FM. We are broadcasting slash podcasting from Calgary on Treaty 7 land. Sprawlcast is a show for curious Albertans who want more than the daily news grind. We don't do press release journalism and we work to bring you stories and conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. For well over a year, Alberta news outlets have been reporting about the threat of coal development in the eastern slopes. In the summer of 2019, Alberta Views did a big story about the plans of multinational companies to strip mine coal in the mountains. And in the summer of 2020, after the UCP rescinded Alberta's 1976 coal policy, CBC Calgary did a lengthy investigation into the government's embrace of coal. But even though these and other news stories were out there in the ether, the issue didn't really register in the public consciousness. It wasn't an issue everyone was talking about, until this January, when this video made the rounds on social media. Some folks that listen to my music, some ranching families in the foothills here in Alberta, in the eastern slopes of the Rockies, and some people from out of province too, actually, have brought it to my attention that there have been some pretty sweeping changes, some pretty big changes to our coal policy. That was Alberta alt-country singer-songwriter Corb Lund. And after Corb posted his video, suddenly everyone was talking about coal. Not just on the right or the left, but across the political spectrum. And from there, public pressure got so intense that Premier Jason Kenney and the UCP backed down in February. Sort of. They temporarily reinstated Peter Lougheed's infamous 1976 policy restricting coal development. But a new policy is still to come. Miranda Martini is the Sprawl's membership editor, and Miranda interviewed Corb earlier this month about why he spoke out and what's next. Miranda and Corb spoke on Zoom, and now we're going to listen in on that conversation. So what do you see your role as? in this going forward? Well, I mean, to be honest, it's partly kind of selfish because I mean, I, I'm very attached to that part of the world and as a lot of Albertans are, and it's in our backyard. And I just, you know, it was brought to my attention by some ranching families that, that raised cattle up near high river area. I didn't even know about it because the government had changed the policy so quietly. So they, they made me aware of it in December. And until then I didn't even know about it. So my role really to answer your question has been just to be kind of a, a bullhorn because there's been there's been ranching people and conservationists and, and water specialists and toxicologists and policy experts trying to bring people's attention to this issue for a while now. And no one pays attention because no one pays attention to scientists, you know. So my role in a way is just is just to be, you know, a conduit for them. It's funny because you know, whenever you speak out about stuff, you get a bunch of pushback on social media, of course, right? And one of the things I hear is, you know, if you're not, you know, if you're not an environmental science expert, shut up and play the guitar, right? But the irony of it is I actually am working with a bunch of environmental scientists and policy experts that help write the initial coal policy and water toxicologists and conservationists who I'm working with those very people who you're mentioning and no one's been listening to them. So, you know, that's that's my job to be a, a 
town crier, I guess. <laughs> um, you have said in the past that you would rather shut up and play the guitar. Like you would rather express your 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 politics and your yourself through your music rather through than through headlines. Um, but this this is different. I guess again, part of it's because it hits me close to home. It's very local. You know, it's very local, and, it, and the scope of it. Honestly, I mean, we all have different perspectives, but in my decades of li life, this is the biggest threat to the most Albertans I've ever seen. Like, because it's the drinking water for millions of people, right? Not only the aesthetic value of that country that we all love and it's the heart and soul of the province, but like the drinking water thing is is probably the biggest issue because it. We're talking about the Red River, Red Deer River, and the North Saskatchewan and the Old Man River. The scope of it, I guess, is just so breathtaking that I and and it's you know it's close to my heart. I happen to be someone who's from that area, and I I and uh, a lot of people I know are affected personally. So yeah, it was just close close to my experience, and the scope of it was was so big. Yeah, the coal thing, I think, is going to be a long fight. I don't I don't think it's. It would be nice if we could just you know publicly make a big noise, and the government would say, "Oh, you're right, we'll fix it." You know, but I think it's going to be more like a long series of skirmishes, you know, and it, there might not even be a big celebratory moment when we win. It might just be like an ongoing effort to like, you know, hold people, hold them back from making a mess up there. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the annoying thing about politics is it, yeah. Yeah, you really get the satisfaction of a clean victory. That's true. And, you know, it's funny because the, the first time I spoke out about it, which was in um, January, whenever it was January, I think, a couple months ago, was much easier because it was like, hey, the house is on fire, everybody, wake up, wake up. You know, that's easy, right? But now it's much more nuanced because the government has come out and said, you know, okay, we'll put the coal policy back in place like it was before, like you asked for, and we're going to have a public consultation, which sounds good. But when you dig into it, there's still a lot of suspicious stuff about it and a lot of reasons to think they're just trying to like kind of simmer people down and still go ahead with their plans with the coal companies. So it's like it's like a much more nuanced message and much more it's a much trickier thing to stand up and say, hey, because a lot of people said, oh, congratulations. Glad you guys won that one. And we haven't yet. It's you know, it, I my feeling is that the government has said things to to quiet people down, but still plans to go ahead and mine up there so you talk a lot about how it gets in your craw when you know big hollywood types swoop in and have opinions about alberta and then uh, you know parachute out. Yeah, it depends you know like i it's funny because when i'm in town when i'm in when i'm home you know i argue with people all the time about stupid decisions that alberta makes right but you have that little bit of tribalism where you know when someone from the outside comes in and criticizes, you're like, well, okay. But if, like, the biggest thing for me is do they fully understand the issue, right? Like, that's another reason that I don't get involved in a lot of stuff because two things. One, I think that art has a role to play that, that is above the fray of current events. And I think it's, I have complete respect for artists who are all political all the time. But I also think that art has a, has a, a role to play in people's uh, soul and the, and stuff that, like I said, transcends the day-to-day -day and drang of current events, right? So that's one thing. And I generally prefer to keep my messaging in my songs, like I said. The other thing is 
I'm only comfortable speaking about stuff if I'm super, super educated on it because I've seen so many public figures yap in public about stuff they clearly don't really understand. And I mean, that's their choice. That's it's all good, whatever. But I, I just won't do that. Like I, and it becomes a bandwidth issue, right? Cause with this coal thing, I spent the last few months educating myself about coal, which is a huge drag, right? Like I'm not, it's not what I want to do, but it, it depends on the situation. It depends when it comes back to big celebrities doing it. Number one, do they understand the issue fully? Number two, is it about them? Because sometimes I get that feeling too, which is kind of gross. The biggest one is, is are they educated on the issue? And if, if they are, great. I mean, I'll listen to whoever has a viewpoint. But in this particular case with the coal mines, there's nothing wrong with Leonardo DiCaprio or Neil Young or Jane Fonda commenting on issues in the world. But I live here, right? And my family's been here for a long time. And... I drink the water and I pay taxes. So, you know, it's so local that I feel it's more appropriate for me to talk about it than if it wasn't, I guess. Does that make sense? Sure, yeah. You have you have the standing to talk about it, not just as a a star, a, a, a rock star, but as a citizen, as someone who yeah. lives here. Yeah, that, and also I've spent a lot of time on the issue educating myself, so... I mean, I'm not an expert, but I, I've done my best. And yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of torn on the celebrity using the platform thing. I, there's things I like about it, and there's things I don't like about it, and it depends on the situation. So it's it's nuanced. For me. There's certainly celebrities out there. I'm not. I don't even really consider myself that anyway. But that's what we're talking about. So, but there's certainly celebrities out there who who are have themselves in mind when these things come up, right? Not all of them, but some of them, whatever issue it is, that's the issue of the day and, and they can make hay from jumping on the bandwagon. Right. So I'm always on the alert for that. But again, even more so is, is how close are you to the issue and how, how much do you really know about it? How much time have you really spent educating yourself from different perspectives and really be able to speak on it in an educated way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. To your, to your point about, the, the kind of bandwidth required to for you to feel like you can responsibly use your platform on this issue. Is that something you would do again? I, I, I'm curious whether since the whole coal thing blew up, you've had tons of media requests to speak to different issues or different, you know, interest groups asking you to speak to stuff. A little bit, not a ton, a little bit, but I don't know if I would or not. It's a, it's a huge pain in the ass. Like if everyone who does this kind of thing, I'm sure is familiar. Like there's been a lot of pushback, less pushback than I expected, but it's no fun, you know, getting dragged through the mud over something. So, I, and it takes a lot of energy and it's really stressful, frankly. It's like hard on the head a little bit. So it might be a while before I do something like this again. Plus this one's far from over. So and another issue that I've been pretty involved with since we're talking about it, is is uh, adult literacy. I've done a lot of fundraising in Edmonton mostly, but some here, but mostly in Edmonton, because um, I believe in that one too. I think that's a universal, uh, a universal issue that cuts across a lot of different demographics. And I think that um, that's one of the educating educating people and making them literate is one of the most powerful things you can do for people. And both my grandmas are school teachers too, so so I'm kind of. Uh, inclined that way, I guess. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, that, it's a, it's a good mile less incendiary than coal. 
Like, I don't know that anyone's yeah, talking right. on you're Twitter right. about being yeah, yeah. pro-adult literacy. That's very true, yeah. Yeah. Have you heard from fans specifically on this? Yeah. Um, mostly positively. I mean, all I can get, since you're not on tour, all I can use to gauge it is social media, right? But the ratio is pretty good. I, I expected it to be more like 65, 35, but it's been more like 97, 3. Yeah. Which is nice. I mean, granted, it's a biased group of people because it's my audience. But there's certainly been a few that have like told me I lost my marbles and I'm out of touch and I should shut the hell up. So, but whatever, you can't please everybody. There's probably that three percent who will say that no matter what you do. Well, that's right, and especially with resource stuff, there's a certain group of people who just hear anything at all about the environment or anything at all about curtailing any kind of industry, and they're automatically like, right. So you. If, if you're going to be that irrational, I, I can't be much with you. In terms of the coal thing, compared to a lot of the issues, even, even issues in Alberta around resource, it's a pretty safe one because that's one of the things that makes it so egregious on the part of the government is that it, it you'd have a hard time finding very many people on the street randomly who think it's a great idea to do what they're doing, right? So, you know, the, the, the potential pushback is, is much smaller than lots of other issues I could think of. So it's, you know, it's, it's a little uncomfortable, but it's not as bad as it could be. And at some point, you know, honestly, <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a fortunate career and I, I haven't had a lot of criticism for much of anything. And so I'm, you know, it's kind of good for me to get a thicker skin, I think, probably because, you know, you can't just be a golden boy all your life or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like... It's like um, there comes a time when you have to make some noise. And, and it's kind of good for me because it's making me be much more thick-skinned. So it's, it's healthy, I think. Do you think this will impact your, your music in any way? Yeah, not really. I've already got – I mean, I wrote a song about this exact thing 12 years ago. It's funny. It's almost prophetic. It's called This Is My Prairie. It's about this exact issue, and it's funny. I feel like people say, are you going to write a coal mining song? I kind of already did. But you never know. I, I – I have a difficult time with songs that are commissioned by someone else or, or even by myself. Like I have a difficult time artistically sitting down and say, I'm going to write a coal mining song or I'm going to write a whatever song. Usually I have to have a spontaneous inspiration for the thing first. It's entirely possible that spending this much time on coal mining issues, that stuff might start to percolate and pop up in my brain. But I kind of nine times out of 10, I, I kind of need a flash of inspiration as a starting point, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, that's an interesting, it's an interesting chicken egg, isn't it? Because like the stuff that's top of mind that's percolating in your, your brain is going to emerge artistically at some point eventually. Um, But, but yeah, I also, I get what you mean about it being hard to sit down to write something to a specific purpose and have it come out sounding. Yeah. Some people are good at it. I'm just, that's not something I've ever been very good at. Um, but as you say, yeah. So in terms of what we're saying, about per- the ideas percolating, it's funny because that almost always happens. Like I noticed that when I was doing a bunch of house renos a few years ago, like I ended up writing a song about carpenter stuff. And, you know, if I'm hanging out with cowboys, I write cowboy songs. And if I, that happens. So, so it's entirely possible that, that, uh, that we might find another cool song in the in the making, you never know. Yeah. Uh, so many of your songs that feel like they are specific and that draw on political themes are about 
moments in your life or people you know uh, you know they're often drawing on your community and and your friends and your history is that does that ever feel uncomfortable does it feel like it cuts too close to home no not really oh, there's one <laughs> in particular i can think of it called brother brother brigham brother young mm-hmm. which is like do you know that one yeah it's about uh history of the mormons mormon history some of the more like unexplored dark corners of Mormon unsavory yeah and uh that one got me a little trouble at Thanksgiving because half of my family like both sides of my family are come up from Utah 120 years ago or whatever it was um a lot of the family is no longer involved in that but but they were part of a a large Mormon migration that came up because of one of the main reasons they came up is because they were really good at irrigating and so they were responsible for a lot of the irrigation systems that were set up in southern Alberta but anyway um some parts of my extended family are still are still lds so <laughs> the funny thing about that song is it's completely taken out of their own documents it's it's taken out of uh, the doctrine and covenants that's one of the main ones and some of it from the book of mormon but yeah it's it's all um it's all church history but it's uh, it's a little cheeky so there's not a whole lot i've written that i'm uncomfortable with no i mean i i don't know not so far what is it like like writing music about the place that you're from, do you ever feel like you're, do you feel supported by your, your family and your community? I do. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's funny, you know, cause I actually have, exp- there's a few tunes I've written, like the one we just talked about that I expected a little bit more pushback on, but I feel like people take you as a whole, right. You know, if they appreciate what you're doing in general and, and, you know, feel that you, have good intentions for the most part. And they seem to give you a pass for the stuff that pokes them a little bit. Yeah. If they feel like it's in, in good faith, I guess. I mean, I don't, I've never asked them, but I, I think so. I mean, people take a joke, right? Hopefully sometimes. Um, my, my personal journey has been kind of interesting because my family are all cowboys and ranchers and that's how I grew up for, for my youth. And, um, and then when I was 15 or something, I got into Black Sabbath and Slayer and all that, as you do. And then um, I was in a rock band for 10 years called The Smalls. And that was really alienating to my to my family. Um, I mean, they, they were, to their credit, they were about as supportive as, the, as they could have been. But it was, you know, it's completely alien to them, right? Long hair and loud music and all that stuff. Um, but when I started playing music that was more along the lines of what my family was used to and, and started touching more on themes of my own history, it made it a lot more, a lot easier for them to understand it. Um, but I feel like I'm pretty well supported both by the family and, and by the region, I guess, like for the most part, I'm not sure if the Crow's Nest Pass is going to like me anymore because of the coal thing, but, but in general, I mean, I, I feel like it makes me happy to write songs about my own area of the world, my own region, my own culture, my own family history. It makes me happy. It It's also gratifying that other people seem to think that I'm representing them in some way. And I, I don't really set out to do that. It just kind of, I'm not sure when Bruce Springsteen wrote his first few albums, not that I'm comparing myself to him, but <laughs> he's also a very regional focused artist, right? He writes a lot about growing up in New Jersey and, know what that's like you know and and i don't know you have to ask him but i I don't know if he set out 
with a mandate to like, I'm gonna I'm gonna represent New Jersey people. I don't think that's what happens. I think you just write what you know, and then it and then it ends up that way. You know what I mean? There's a distinction between the, the intent, like like I'm I'm happy that it's worked out that way, but my intent has never been to be any kind of a crusader for our region or anything. It's just I just write what I know, and that's how it works out, right? Um, so I'm thinking about Cole again. Um, to what extent was that a concerted decision? Like, so the, the music stuff tends to come out organically and and spontaneously. Um, did you, how much thought did you put into releasing the video talking about Cole and, and starting down this path since January? Was that something you talked to your management about was it something that you had was brewing beneath the surface before you went public with it um i spent some time thinking about it for sure because it's a little bit scary um this is a situation where you you you're you're specifically you know putting yourself in opposition to some people with some pretty deep pockets and a lot of power right like it's it's not a vague issue it's a very specific issue like hey fuck off you guys and it's like, it's a bit unnerving because, I mean, if you did this in some countries, you might dis- disappear and never be heard from her again. Thankfully, we live in a democracy, so we can speak out ab- about these things and hopefully be, you know, not uh, in any kind of danger. So I'm, that doesn't worry me. It's just, you know, it's just scary, like uh, um, confronting the government so directly or confronting million dollar coal companies or wherever they are. So. So it was a, there was a, there was some thought for sure, and I talked to yeah I talked to a lot of people close to me about it, and everyone seemed to agree that it was the right thing to do. So I, I don't know what it's like to be to be a mainstream artist. It's different, right? Because but I I my entire career has been built around doing what I want to do. So no one no one was surprised that I would want to do something on my own. Like I. I mean, I have a I have management people that I trust who who know the music business inside out, and I, and I value I value their opinions on stuff. But they don't they don't tell me what to do. I mean, they they advise me when I ask for it, and they're they're excellent at that. But but they respect my wishes. So, and they were some of them are Albertans too, and they and they were very in favor of, of this situation being talked about. So, mm-hmm. what are you working on right now? Uh, my guitar beyond Cole. Can you work on music and, uh, you know, be uh, involved in in the coal stuff at the same time? Oh, yeah. I mean, when we're about to, these two videos that I put out, like the one from yesterday or the one from a couple months ago, you know, for about a week around that, I'm I'm pretty focused on it. But in general, yeah, I mean, I I can't think about coal all the time. It drives me crazy. But I'm specifically working on a bunch of stuff. Some, 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 uh, I'm making, I'm making a record called Songs My Friends Wrote, which is like, you know, sometimes people put out a tribute record to a famous person and a bunch of less famous people do their songs. This one's somewhere in the middle because some of my friends that are songwriters are more well known than me, some are less well known than me, but it's, it's going to be like all my favorite tunes from my favorite artists that I've known over the years. So I'm working on that and I'm working on, uh, a new record because my newest record came out in June. So by the time we can tour, then God knows it'll be a year and a half old. So I'm probably not the only one in that situation, but it's kind of be kind of weird because I'm going to probably have a new record by the time it's time to tour again. So I've 
do a tour of both at the same time. I don't know what to do, whatever. But um, just bigger problems than that. But yeah, I'm, I'm writing a, a record. And I think the new record is going to be kind of aggressively acoustic. It's going to be like a, sonically kind of like uh, uh, Steve Earle train coming mixed with a bit of bluegrass and mixed with the Pogues maybe and mixed with uh, Marty Robbins. So yeah, yeah. A, lot in, a lot in the pot. That's exciting. Yeah. Is I'm, also, I'm also working a lot, which has been kind of cool. Uh, I'm working a lot on my guitar playing and my, vo my voice, like just sharpening the tools. Um, it sucks having to put a record out in the, during COVID and, and it's financially been shitty. But um, aside from those things, it's kind of been okay for me because like I've been doing this my whole life since I got out of university real heavy right like and I, i'm not the kind of person that would say hey i'm going to take a year off and work on my guitar playing so in a way it's been kind of a gift because i, I i'm fortunate i know a lot of people had really shitty time last year i've missed playing live but it's been kind of nice to have time to um focus on sharpening the tools a little bit which you don't get a chance to do once you get a career going it's like you know, make a record, write a record, two other records, write another record, and you get into a cycle, which is, can't complain because it's great, but it's nice to have some time just to, to take three steps back and actually work on your tools, you know? This is my prairie. This is my home. And I'll make a stand here And I'll die alone well, They can drill naked mine On my smoldering bones This is my prairie and This is my home The water is poison my calves are all dead Children are sick And the aquifers bled They want a big pipeline Right through Pops Grove But this is my prairie And this is my home Can't blame the riggers for the guys driving truck for feeding the families and making a buck. But take a close look at the stock that you own. Cause this is my prairie, this is my home. Don't got money that lawyers can buy. I don't got my own government's laws on my side. But I got this old rifle that my granddaddy owned. And this is my prairie. This is my home. You've been listening to Sprawlcast, 
I'm Jeremy Clausus, and that was Miranda Martini in conversation with Corb Lund. You can find a transcript of this episode on our website at sprawlcalgary.com. And a big shout out to Ryan Hall, who helped us out with some post-production on this episode. The song you're hearing right now is This Is My Prairie by Corb Lund. Thanks for listening and see you next time. This is my prairie. This is my home. I'll make my stand here and I'll die alone. Well, they can drill Nick and mine on my motoring bones. This is my prairie. This is my home.